You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor, Be Here, or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Oh, just a great Thursday. Yeah. I'm ready for some black pills. Although you said you're not feeling very good. How's that going? I'm feeling better today. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was able to get a lot of sleep last night. Okay. And uh, I'm working on recharging. Well, this is GML... We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. If you want to hang out live with us, then come on over to joingml.com. That'll bring you to our Discord channel. You can pay as little as $6 a month to hang out and be our friend. Mm. Like one of the members just sent me a private message saying he was going to be in town here in a couple weeks. I wanted to know if we wanted to grab some dinner or something like that. And I said, yeah. How about that? Let me check your membership status. But yeah, <laughs> of course. No, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. I didn't say. I, it just happened. Oh, okay. Like a minute ago. Well, let me know when dinner is. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. I'm going to see if he wants you to come. Probably not. We'll figure it out. Okay, so uh, what's going on in the world? Well, there was a hurricane in Florida. Hopefully everyone's okay. I know not everyone is okay. It seemed to be a lot of water, a lot of wind, and it well, passed through. A lot did of you, water, a lot of wind. Did you watch any... Of the I hurricane did. landing, what is it about these things? Like, do you ever turn on the weather channel? Like the weather channel last week, did you watch it? Any? I think it's because it's you know not typical, so mm-hmm. it's like your brain is kind of wired to, I don't know, search for things. Like, then it's like, oh, I need, I need to watch out for those. Yeah, I was talking, <laughs> that was a look good. I was talking <laughs> to Lacey last night, and she was like, I don't know why, but when this kind of stuff is happening, like we could sit here and watch the weather channel all night if you want to, and I was like, I. I don't want to. We can watch it for a little bit, though. And so we did. There's something about destruction. That I just, know. It's it's like, it's, why do you try to stare at a car accident when you're po- when you're passing it on the road? Yeah, you, rub, it? you rubberneck and son of a 
You? So that kind of thing going on. And of You're course, always trying to figure out like what happened, what's happening, what is going on. This isn't normal. As a, as you I, know, did you see how all the water was sucked dry from like the saw northern? that it was crazy. Yeah, Just, climate change, man. I know it'll get you every it's time. Never seen anything like it. Sixty mm-hmm. percent of the time, climate change will get you every time. Every, yeah, it's illegal in four states. So speaking of climate change, of course, that is why this particular hurricane occurred and hit the particular spot that it did. And so we all know that, and we're going to have to figure out what to do about it. I think we need to pay our dues, which is more than the buck oh five these days, but we got to chip in, and then the climate change hurricane gods will skip over you <laughs> afterwards. I mean, that's the way it works. That's right. Okay, I'm talking science right now. Yeah. I don't know what, what kind of crazy stuff you're talking about. I'm just talking about science. Yeah. That's it. Anyway, the hurricane hit. We do sincerely hope everyone is okay. We're going to talk about whether or not there are more hurricanes than there used to be. Are they stronger than they used to be? Did this hurricane come from climate change or did it come from the fact that the earth has weather? I don't know. There's no way of knowing. (laughs) There's there's no way we'll be able to answer that question. We'll just have to speculate about it. Were hurricanes a thing before yesterday, but we don't know. And we'll try to put all of this in historical perspective with the planet Earth, as we always do. We did something like this about tornadoes the last time a big tornado hit. That was also, um, coincidentally enough, was also because of climate change. And Mm. so it's, I mean, it's really coming back at us. We got to declare war on this thing. I got to tell you, it was pretty chilly this morning. Mm-hmm. Here in Nashville, it's September still, so I was expecting more of a fall shift. Yeah. But because of climate change, I realized we went from 90 to 45. And more rapid changes like, yeah. in temperature. So I woke up this morning, mm-hmm. and I was laying in my bed, and it was chilly because we yeah. didn't put on the heat, obviously. And I just, the first thing I said was, oh, climate change. Yeah. You know, when we were kids, that wasn't happening, Mm-mm. especially when our parents were kids. But no. now, that's what we got to deal with. Yes. I was rapid. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. And there's been a rapid climate shift inside of this office since we started the podcast episode. Yeah. I'm getting kind of warm. And what we're trying to tell you guys is there's nothing you can do. You are a victim. Mm-hmm. And it's a, this is a hellish, disgusting hole of a life Yeah, that we are trapped in. <laughs> and you know, if yeah, that's it. Every day you got to wake up and just be like, oh God, capitalism. Exactly. Thank you. I was that's, hoping you were going to pinpoint yeah. the actual aggressor I mean, here. that's the problem. I know. If I know. you think about it, logically mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what is causing climate change? What is causing my miserable, decrepit life Yep. where I don't even want to go another day? And I'm a victim, because you are, all of you, are victims of what we call greedy capitalism. It's, it's the epitome of human... Uh, it's not like think about the worst war you could imagine in your life. Capitalism's worse than that. It is. And that war that you're imagining was caused by capitalism caused, in the first place. Exactly. So all of it. Anyway, I'm glad you're pointing out the obvious here, Charlie, that capitalism is to blame. Of course, we all strive for a day that uh, hopefully, you know, how many lives would be saved if we could just go back to living like we did in uh, like 1880. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about all these people dying from climate change. No. So that, that's the world that we want to move towards. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to say in this sarcastic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I dream of the days where we all <laughs> farm and share crops with each other mm-hmm. and your neighbor comes over because he needs some milk and you go over to his house because you need some corn yep. and you're, you're trying to figure out 
if your baby has dysentery and is going to die or not, you know, those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah. The, it was Enough a, of this Mars. Was, Wait, who cares about Mars and space travel? Mm-mm. Nobody cares about that. What we care about is stopping climate change and capitalism because all roots to evil start with capitalism. So, all right, there's our monologue for the show so far. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it, but anyway, let's talk about well, whether it's or nice not. for them to know that they are victims. It is. Yeah. This it's is not your fault. This. Repeat after me. It is not your fault. Unless you voted for Trump. Even then, in, you're in that case, I mean, it is your fault. Well, you're probably tricked yeah. into voting for Trump. What is your position on January 6th? Well, you know, obviously the greatest travesty okay. well, the okay. world it's has not ever your fault, seen. Then. You're a victim. Exactly. Okay, good. You're a victim of the <laughs> far-right extremist MAGA Republicans convincing you that somehow Trump was not a Russian plant. He is Vladimir Putin's right-hand man, and you were duped. But I'm here to tell you that it's not your fault. We have, We accept you. It's there is grace and acceptance. Donald Trump on the right, Dave Smith on the left for Putin right there. Exactly. Okay. And you need to know it's not your fault. If this okay? is your first episode listening to us, by the way, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, enjoy yourself. This is, should be a good time. This was going to be shared this among the thousands. We'll be the number one podcast. Yeah, actually, that's after how this. we blow up right it's there. Right there. Just saying all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut that and put it out there. It's, yeah, I'm totally going to cut it and put it out there. Okay, this is the kind of stuff that we heard yesterday or that I heard yesterday. Here's a good example of why this is all happening, and we're going to talk about this. Storm, but just behind the scenes, what goes in? Okay, you see this storm coming on the radar a week out. What begins to happen in a place like Florida? Yeah, again, um, so much of the response is is in the binder on the shelf. And so uh, Governor DeSantis and his team are working off a script that's been honed for a century. Mm. And we're pretty good at this. But at the end of the day, when you see one of these massive storms come in and you know more are coming, you know we're going to be dealing with this as a nation um, going into the future if we can't get climate under control but in terms of behind the scenes it's a- By the way, if you get climate under control you will not be dealing with storms like this going mm-hmm. into the future no such thing as hurricanes that is the with, alternative reality if we can get presenting. rid of capitalism mm-hmm. then we can get rid of hurricanes you know that's a that's a pretty good example right there we got some more though this There's- is the future y'all now, I heard a lot of people saying stuff like this, and I'll tell you what was missing the whole time. What some are calling the storm of a lifetime, the Washington Post has a feature on why Florida is more prone to hurricanes, and it's got a lot... Uh, just, okay, the storm of a lifetime. They say stuff like this. We already know it's not the biggest storm to hit Florida. It's like number three or four or something number like that. Number four, tie for four. Now, technically, could be the storm of a lifetime for gotta, some young people. I gotta tell you, I survived hurricane andrew i was in florida when hurricane andrew hit really and the hotel i was in it blew the roof off the hotel yeah 1992 i was four how about that four years old fresh a fresh four-year-old in 1992 and that was so much that was the third largest one Mm. and that was because we the epa hadn't really ramped up its regulations yet so was that the storm of your lifetime or is this the storm of a lifetime this one's worse even though it's not it is still worse because climate change. Because it just happened. Yes. Okay. A lot to do with the state's unique geography. As the paper points out, more than 41% of hurricanes in the United States have made some sort of landfall 
in Florida. The state juts into warm, tropical waters directly in the paths of storms barreling through the Caribbean. Florida also suffers some of the highest financial damage from hurricanes. That's due in part to the rapid coastal development where roughly 76% of the state's population lives by the water. According to the Post, quote, while storm frequency has not trended upward, research shows hurricanes in the Atlantic have become more intense, partly driven by higher sea surface temperatures linked to human-caused climate change. We have- Oh, uh, Florida just seems to be this giant peninsula. It's jutting out into warm water. I'm glad that we <laughs> have to do a study on like why Florida has so many hurricanes. <laughs> look at a map. Can we look at a map, someone? Oh, okay, there it is. There's our study. It's done. Yeah. We looked at the map. Oh, cool. It looks like land that juts out for hundreds of miles into the ocean. Now, she mentions... It's called two, a peninsula. She mentions two things that we'll be talking about. One of them... She says, Washington Post says, that the uh, frequency of hurricanes is not increasing in trend over time, but... The intensity. They are getting stronger. Mm. Mm. Okay, so we'll talk about that. You guys remember Katrina, Cat 5. Mm-hmm. That happened just a couple of years ago. Here's another one. There is a lot that has changed about the earth that has made these things worse, right? I mean, these things are thriving because the water is getting warmer. And I think when people, we stopped calling it global warming for political reasons, but that's what it is, right? Our earth is getting warmer and there is just no doubt, I think, left that it is feeding these beasts. Well, and, and what you where it comes out is in the intensity. The people say, well, there have been hurricanes for millennia. Well, that's true. Uh, but we, we sometimes get these ones that are so much more damaging and so much more intense. And then there's the complicating factor that in places like uh, Bill was just talking about, the St. John's River in Florida, Savannah, Charleston. Charleston, like Miami, gets water that comes up on a, on a good sunny day. That's climate change because water levels are rising. So on one hand, you have uh, more intense storms because of warm weather and the pattern that cause these storms to, to form. And then you've got greater damage because we've got a, a rising water levels. And it, it's good that we talk about these things in the moment because lots of times in, over the years when I brought it up, people have said, oh, now's not the time to talk about That's it. Right. Now's the time to talk about it because the only time people are paying attention to how damaging these things are. And that does mean taking into account how you build things and how you yeah. account for it, which is fine in places like Naples here where you can build stuff that's off the ground. But what about in poor areas where people That's don't right. have the money to rebuild? What about what happened in, uh, in, in New Orleans during Katrina? So this is why we have to think about climate change in relation to severe weather, in relation to how people can actually make mm. All right. So all the stuff that we're going to go through, we've got the accurate context now for the conversation. All right. So that's what we'll be going through. Oh, let's throw in a little bit more con- context. Uh, like this guy right here. You talked about the bay, you know, draining out. People were able to walk around kind of in the bay. And this guy's being sarcastic. He says, Hurricane Ian took all the water out of Tampa Bay because climate change is a hoax. And these storms are absolutely not getting stronger, more frequent, and more devastating each year. So obviously his implications is that they are getting more frequent, stronger, and more devastating each year. Now, I don't know what the accurate measurement for devastation is. Well, it's getting more costly, Nate. Mm. Especially now, for poor people. And that's because of climate change. And you know, he couldn't be more right. <laughs> you know, my heart goes out to all the humans suffering from the 
this thumb we live under called capitalism, which mm-hmm. just makes climate tra- change stronger and stronger every year. Yep. It, um, it's heartbreaking. It, it's all due to the fact that we get to keep more of our money than we should be allowed to keep. I mean, when you boil it down, like we're too free, you know, mm. we've got too much freedom. Look yeah. at what we've done. What we need are these perfect people to come into power and they're, they're going to hold that, uh, you know, some freedom. That's fine. Well, but the it, first thing we need to do is get rid of profit. Mm, what yeah. an evil motive. That leads to all kinds of things. Well, what did Bernie say here? Speaking of getting rid of profit. In their terrible time of need, we wish all Floridians the very best. Is that thoughts and prayers? Hmm. I guess. But make no mistake, the damage and destruction caused by hurricanes will only get worse in the coming years if we do not address the crisis of climate change boldly and aggressively. That's what a fearless leader. Oh, man. He's so great. Yeah. So powerful and just. Okay, here's uh, this person right here, PhD. I mean, all that stuff has to be in your Twitter uh, name for sure. That way, people know that you have authority uh, over Her them. Her name is Wyona M. Freistinson. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's Freist- good. Freistinson. I wonder how many folks in Florida are thinking: Could this hurricane be related to that climate change stuff? So many highly educated climate scientists keep talking about. She doesn't have a blue check mark, but that did get thousands of retweets, so she qualifies. And don't worry, she posted the data. Because I've been looking for data this whole time. I don't, one thing I didn't mention in the beginning. Why would you do that? All these people talking, all these talking heads, they keep talking about it, but I haven't seen anyone present the data to back up their claims. Not Bernie, not Nina, not MSNBC. I haven't seen anyone posting the hard data to back up their claims. And Wyona... PhD, MNRN, FAAN. I don't even know what that is. Uh, she posted it. And here you go. This looks like it comes from a New York Times email or article right here. Uh, category four and five Atlantic hurricanes since 1980. Uh, they've gone up. You see, we got about one per year in 1980. And now we're getting about two. And sometimes it even spikes up to like five mm. since 1980. And that's Cat 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both included. So there you go. Uh, we talked a little bit about the financial devastation, by the way. We don't have to really read this whole thing, but if you ever see anyone measuring hurricanes by the amount of dollar damage they did, run away. Just or, or if you want to stay and make fun of them, that's fine. You can stay and make fun of them. But just think for a second how ridiculous it is. But people will still use this kind of thing about the amount, like Hurricane Sandy, that's known as like one of the worst hurricanes of all time. Why is that? Because it hit like one of the wealthiest areas that a hurricane's ever hit. <laughs> and that's the measurement by which we measure Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. All right. So, so it was bad. It was a hurricane. We don't like hurricanes. I'm against them personally. Yeah. I, I don't like them. I don't like damage and destruction or death. And so, obviously, as our economy grows and grows and things get more and more valuable and property values go up and up and there's more and more people in these locations and more and more value in those areas, the exact same hurricane could hit somewhere in 1850 and then hit somewhere in 2022. And if you're measuring by financial devastation, well, the one in 2022 was way worse. In fact, you could have a Category 2 hit in 2022 and a Cat 5 hit where no one lives in 1850 and the Cat 2 is way worse than the Cat 5 yeah. if you're measuring by financial devastation. I mean, you could have a thunderstorm probably, yeah, actually, that could. would cause more damage. You could. 
No, it, uh, it, I know, um, yeah, Sandy, I'm not, I don't, I don't agree with Hurricane Sandy. I don't think we should have it anymore. So let's go through some of the stuff on here. This GFDL, by the way, this is. All right, now I'm going to switch to normal. Okay. (laughs) No more just pure sarcasm all the time. Sarcasm. Yeah. That was fun for a while. That was one. It's a tricky thing to deal with. You remember when Spike was on? Yeah. And he stayed in the sarcasm mode character caricature the whole for time the entire episode mm-hmm. every time we went to make fun of something he was just like oh no no that's right that was good yeah, yeah. no totally right the entire episode but yeah the whole thing <laughs> you keep looking at him like he was there but he, and he he's was. not he was right there. his chair is only that chair has been there since he was here yeah okay uh this actually comes from the noaa talking about historical changes in atlantic hurricane and tropical storms all right so noaa uh they're obviously going to be biased towards uh, wanting the government to do more stuff about climate change. Even they are posting the revised numbers. You see, for a while, until we got this study that was posted in Nature, uh, people talked about how hurricanes were increasing over time. Not just about the intensity, but we have more and more hurricanes over time. We talked about this thing with tornadoes also last time we talked. I don't remember where the tornado was. There were a million through. that broke out last year, yes. I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's way more than in 1700. Yeah. We know. So, uh, judging by the journals that we've gone through and read, whether or not someone encountered the tornado. Mm. And so that is the problem here. The data that we have prior to the satellite era, which I'm being generous when I say this, we got about 60 years worth. Now, that takes us back to 1960, and we weren't really up to speed at that time. That's like when we first started putting stuff up, and we don't have our satellite weather systems full up and running at that time. It's really like in 1980, we pretty much have uh, that stuff going. And so they've, even the NOAA has posted this chart right here. This is your frequency of Atlantic hurricanes. This starts right here in 1860. By the way, you will highly benefit from watching the video. If you're listening right now, you will highly benefit from watching the video for this episode. Uh, you can see starting in 1860, and then we get up to almost where we are right now. Actually, it was kind of higher back before 1900, the that's, number of hurricanes. That that's we weird. That is, yeah, that is a really, really weird thing that we have going on right now. Um, next one. This is from the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency.gov. They post about climate change indicators, tropical cyclone activity. I showed you this one earlier, Chuck. This green line, which I guess if you're watching, showing up black probably right now because the green screen cut out. This green line is the data that we used to go off of. And it was like people who wrote down that they saw a hurricane. And then it comes into the time that we started measuring them with satellites and it starts to tick up a whole bunch because satellites can see every hurricane. <laughs> I don't think we have to explain this very much. Yeah. We went from a time where either you were on a boat and you ran into a hurricane. You're like, hey, what's up, hurricane? I'm going to name you, friend. Mm-hmm. Or you saw it and make landfall. And you had landfall. Lieutenant Dan up the top, mm-hmm. you know, screaming. You'll never <laughs> sink. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we went from that time to a time where we have satellites, which can see every hurricane. Yeah. And so the data shows a spike in hurricane activity in recent years, and that's due to climate change. And then they became successful shrimp boaters after that. <laughs> yes. Shrimpers. But then <laughs> they throw in this orange line, which actually has the revised projected data. Uh, they did this crazy stuff like, okay, where were all the boats that we had out there? Well, how many hurricanes would we have seen if we just had boats out there 
in the same places that they had through all this time. Okay, well, we would have seen this many. We know that there were this many, actually. And so they revised the data. And they said, well, actually, we're below the level of hurricanes that we can go back to at least 1880 on this chart. What about the boats see. that died? That they didn't get the report. <laughs> they didn't get the report anything. <laughs> they were in a hurricane. Yeah. yeah, they didn't get the report anything. And and so in this one, uh, I guess, Charlie, if you want to read right here from the EPA.gov, Climate Change Indicators, All there's right. some bullet points for this study. Since 1878, about six to seven, uh, six to seven hurricanes have formed in the North Atlantic every year. Roughly two per year make landfall in the United States. The total number of hurricanes, particularly after being adjusted for improvements in observation methods, and the number reaching the United States do not indicate a clear overall trend since 1878. Now, I know there's a lot of cow and horse manure in 1878, mm, but mm-hmm. we, we weren't really burning fossil fuels. There, there were no fossil fuels being burnt Mm-mm. in 1878. According to the total annual ACE index, cyclone intensity has risen notably uh, noticeably over the past 20 years in eight of the 10 most active years since 1950 have occurred since the mid 1990s, relatively high levels of cyclone activity were also seen during the 1950s and 1960s. Now they put that in there. They say since 1950, eight of the 10 most active years uh, were in the mid 1990s. The problem is if you go to like 1945, those years were actually more active than the 1990s. From the hurricanes well, that they have. Well, important. So they say since 1950. Right, of course. You can see high levels mm-hmm. during that time. The PDI shows fluctuating cyclone intensity for the most of the mid to late to the mid to late 20th century, followed by a noticeable increase since 1995. These trends are shown with associated variations in sea surface temperatures in, in the tropical North Atlantic for comparison. Despite the apparent increases in tropical cyclone activity in recent years, changes in observation methods over time make it difficult to know whether tropical storm activity has actually shown an increase over time. So that's as far as they go on the EPA's website. Okay. So basically they're saying we don't have, we don't really know. No, we don't actually know. Now we can actually go through a little bit more of the data. This comes from the Manhattan Institute. And you can look at the each decade, the amount of hurricanes that made landfall, 1950 to 1959, they got 18. Uh, 2010 to 2018, they have 11 making landfall. And 19, 2000, 2009, you got those Katrina years in there. They had a bunch of bad ones. The average by each of these, average by decade through these different parts of the years, 1950 to 2018, the average was 15. 1990 to 2018, the average was 15. 1950 to 1989, the average was 15 through those years. About 15 hurricanes a decade make landfall. So about 15. Yeah. One and a half per year. None of those were different. I don't know if you noticed that. Conclusion, this is from the Manhattan Institute's uh, thing. I'll put a link in the show notes. There's been a slight increase in the frequency of powerful hurricanes since 1990, but mostly in relation to the number of such storms from 1970 to 1989, they're talking about in relation because that time was a quiet period for hurricane formation. Frequency of powerful hurricanes from 2000 to 2018 mirrors the rates experienced from 1950 to 1969. Both of those had an average of 3.3 per year. Moreover, there is no pattern or trend in the frequency of Category 4 and 5 hurricanes making landfall over the 1950 to 2018 period. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's nice. So a bunch of people were pointing to this study from Nature, uh, even stuff that we're, we'll read about here in a bit. 
first off, let's take a step back. Why is all this so important, Charlie? Why does this matter? Well, because capitalism is evil. So for the what Charlie is alluding to there is that this idea, they'll take these storms, just like they took whatever tornado it was that we that we talked about that last time. Was it the one that went up through Kentucky that we were talking about that last time? I don't I can't remember. remember. I don't remember. Um, they'll take these and they try to pull at your emotion heartstrings and they'll say this is because of climate change. And since this storm, this particular storm occurred because of climate change, then you need to give us your money. And that's basically what they'll mm. say. And they're going to go further with this. I'll throw conspiracy theories out. The COVID type lockdowns, we will eventually see stuff like that because of climate. They will be limiting the amount of travel. I, You can't go to Fiji. I can't go to Fiji. We learned that yesterday. And I definitely Fiji. think that they're going to try to control your thermostats eventually. There's my wildest conspiracy theory. Mm. I don't think they will. I think they will offer incentives to the companies that sell you the thermostats to control your thermostats. So anyway... I don't have any evidence to support that fact, other than the fact that they're already trying it in several places. <laughs> okay, so the study from Nature, that's why all this is so important, from Nature, changes in Atlantic major hurricane frequencies since the late 19th century. This is the one that told everyone they were wrong. So that's why this one is important. Atlantic hurricanes are a major hazard to life and property, a topic of intense scientific interest. Historical changes in observing practices limit the utility of century-scale records for major Atlantic hurricane frequency. To evaluate, to evaluate past changes, we have developed a method for Atlantic hurricane and major hurricane frequencies. So this is the one where they came up with that method for how they were going to get the numbers right. They find that recorded century-scale increases in Atlantic hurricane and major hurricane frequency and associated decrease in U.S. hurricane strike are consistent with changes in observing practices and not likely a true climate trend. After they did the homogenization, increases uh, since the 1970s were, are not part of a century-scale increase, but recover from a deep minimum that they had in the 70s, basically. They were oh, at actually low point, and now all of the statistics that everyone's citing, they are pulling like they like to do. They pull from the lowest point of hurricanes that we had and talk about how much has increased since then. Mm, yeah. Pretty awesome. Mm. So that's what we're dealing with. And they throw out the same chart, by the way, this little dotted line down here, that's the one that they used to go by this new darker line right there. That is the accepted number now, which we are lower than currently, <laughs> even the amount that we had in say 1915 <laughs> at the moment. And this is the accepted thing now. We just saw the same line on the EPA's website, on NOAA's website. Anyone who tells you that the number of hurricanes is increasing is wrong. They, they are either going by old data or they're just repeating something that they think they heard someone else say. Or they really want your money. They just want your money. They're just lying to you and trying yes. to scare you. Mm -hmm. That's basically it. So we'll push through some of this. You see the charts and graphs. You see a trend right there on that line, Charlie? Mm. No. You don't see a trend. Yeah. There's the same line right there. Average out. No, we're actually lower right now than we have been. But what's Nina Turner have to say about this guy's comment? <laughs> so Michael Lowry tweeted out. He said, I'm not sure how many truly grasp what just happened tonight with Hurricane Ian. It went through a full eyewall replacement cycle. Hardly blinked. Grew Which is by difficult for an eyewall to do. Mm -hmm. Grew by 50% and delivered the third highest storm surge since 1913 to Key West in the process. Just wow. 
the third, let me try and wrap my mind around the third highest storm surge since 1913. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so there were a lot of storms. Last 109 years. Okay. But there were ones that were bigger than that before yeah, 1913. This, yeah. Third okay. highest is still pretty high, Nate. Just making okay. sure. So Nina Turner tweets out and she says, Hurricane Ian is a textbook example of climate change impacting people. Climate change isn't political. It's reality. So don't try to make it political, people. She's not making it political. She Mm-mm. is so good. I was thinking about this today. She is so good at taking the moral high ground on things. This is not a discussion. This is not a debate. What she... This is truth. This is truth. Mm-hmm. Okay? This isn't even a political topic. There yeah. is no debate. This just is. This is from uh, EPA chapter 4, verse 32. Okay? <laughs> yes. Everybody, yes, t- the book of Nina. <laughs> Everybody turn with me to Nina, chapter four, verse 32. So we talked about the numbers this on- This is the truth. We talked about the numbers on the amount of hurricanes. They have seeded this ground. Everyone, you even heard that MSNBC clip. They said, well, they're not increasing in trend, uh, you know, the number of hurricanes. But the intensity. But the intensity. Yes. So what they've done, by the well, I guess we can go through some of this before. What they've done is, <laughs> we got this big study- showing that those numbers were wrong. And so they shifted away from that to something that they don't have any data for. Yeah. Do you understand? They got the data for something and they were wrong. I mean, have you ever felt any winds like that before in your life, Nate? <laughs> Personally, <laughs> this is a, the, the storm of my lifetime Yeah. right now. I don't remember anything like that. We had that storm in Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. I walked into your house as a tree was falling on it. Yeah. I remember that. I do too. That's pretty nuts. So now we switch to the intensity. So a couple news headlines here. This one was from ABC. Here's how climate change intensifies hurricanes. Here's from CBS. How climate change is helping storms like Hurricane Ian intensify more rapidly. Mm. And now, Charlie, go to the Axios, the book of Axios, and read verses one through the the rest of it okay. for me. Hurricane Ian's climate warning. Will you all bow your heads with me, please? <laughs> as I read from our champions. Uh, I don't even know what to call them. Mm. The angels on high. Yep. Okay. Hurricane forecasters' worst nightmare came true on Wednesday morning when what had been a Category 3 storm Tuesday night suddenly jumped almost to Category 5. Now... So is a Category 4. I don't want to act like I know anything about hurricane forecasters. But to me, a hurricane forecaster's worst nightmare would be like seeing your kids get killed right in front of your eyes or like something like that, getting chained up in someone's basement as they, okay. It's different for hurricane forecasters. I guess they see something jump from a three to almost a category five, which means a jump from a three to a four. So it went from three (laughs) to to four, four, which is the next sequence. That's the next number in the sequence. <laughs> but how do they? But it was so close to a five. Some of those hurricane forecasters had heart attacks. Yeah. And we should pray for them. Now, when it is a category five, but it's at the low end, do you think, well, this is almost a category four? I mean. No, of course no, not. Like, no. Cat five. Mm-hmm. All right. It used to be rare for storms to keep strengthening until landfall, let alone do so rapidly. Now it is not. And studies show this is a dangerous sign of climate change. Such an intensity leap has made possible 
was made possible by warm ocean temperatures and abundant atmospheric moisture, both factors that climate change enhances. Now, one thing I love is they say, well, two things. They say studies show this is a dangerous sign of climate change. By studies, they mean predictive models that they've made. They haven't actually like studied it. Computer models. Okay. Yeah. They say it used to be rare for storms to keep strengthening until landfall. How how far back in to used to did it used to be rare? Mm-hmm. What what data do you think they have on the exact amount of time it took a s- storm to get stronger, or how fast it did it? What do you think? The exact I- amount that they measured. Look at this. They got up to the time period, and they got the wind speeds. And it increases rapidly right there, really quickly, from about 118 miles an hour to 155, near Category 5, it says on the graph. <laughs> Could just say Category 4. In, in one hour. Yeah, that's really quickly. Mm. So uh, what do they mean by used to? They mean like, um, you know, back in the 1700s, it was rare for this to happen? Mm. I well, don't know. Probably. Anyway. Yeah. Mm. During the past several years, there have been multiple storms that rapidly intensified as they neared the Gulf Coast and did so through landfall. Previously, tropical storms and hurricanes tended to weaken as they neared the northern Gulf Gulf Coast, in particular, falling victim to cooler waters or stronger jet stream winds. At least they're not a victim anymore. Yeah, but that didn't happen with Hurricane Laura or Ida in 2020 and 2021 or with Hurricane Michael, which ramped all the way up to a Category 5 storm in the Florida Panhandle in 2018. The trend, these trends seen in the past several years, together with studies of how hurricanes are changing in a warmer, warming world, point to a key role for human-caused climate change. So those War- trends they just said are from the past several years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Warm tropical waters are the main source of fuel for hurricanes, and the oceans are absorbing about 93% of the extra heat going into the climate system uh, from human-caused emissions of greenhouse gases. Air temperatures are also increasing, and when that happens, the air can hold more vapor water, water vapor. This is helping to make hurricanes wetter than they used to be. Some would say that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. A 2019 paper in the journal Nature uh, in the journal Nature Communications found a trend in Atlantic hurricanes toward a more rapid, uh, toward more rapid intensifiers during the 1982 to 2009 period. Computer modeling showed this was unlikely due to natural climate fluctuations alone. Alone. Now, unlikely. We don't have to go through this uh, dot plot or anything that we're that we're looking at right now, but this is basically what they found: this trend of the rapid intensification. And there is a problem here. It starts in 1982, <laughs> which we will talk more about. But once again, they say that. After 1980, uh, the 70s were a lull in hurricanes. Didn't have a whole lot of them. Kind of the same thing with the 60s. It's interesting that the New York Times, this thing from Axios with this Nature Communications paper, they all start right there around like 1982. They don't pull any of the data before that. There's two reasons. One, it doesn't helps. support their claim. It doesn't support their claim. And two, they don't have the data. They have no clue at all. That's the other possible reason. It's one of those two reasons, okay? I don't know which one it is. Either they're manipulating the stats or they actually don't have the data. Those are the two possible scenarios for Mm -hmm. you. Now, Charlie, are you saying that warmer water 
would not cause hurricanes to be more intense. No, it definitely does. Okay. That's the science behind it. <laughs> I, I also agree with that. Yeah. I'm not saying that none of this makes any sense. By the way, the Gulf of Mexico has warmer waters than most of the other oceans. Mm. By the way, not all. There's obviously around the equator, there's, there's warmer waters out there. But the Gulf of Mexico typically is warmer waters. And that's why when the hurricanes come through the Gulf, they start to uh, strengthen. So another thing we see here, these are the uh, cyclone energy index. And you can see that in since about 1995, you got some more filling here above the normal level, whatever the normal level is. You can see more stuff up here. Now, a lot of this data back here is based off of we have no clue. Uh, some guy wrote it down in his book that he saw something or uh, they happen to see it because this goes back to 1950. They don't go back any further than 1950 past this. And we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that only going back to 1950 or 60 or 70 or 80 makes absolutely zero sense. I've told this story before, but when I went to Mexico, <clears throat> I've been a few times when I was 18, we did a Mayan ruin tour. And one of the coolest things I saw was they had built a rock structure pointed in the perfect location with the perfect sized hole that whenever the winds would get above 50 miles an hour, it would whistle. <clears throat> it would okay. like literally make a noise to warn <clears throat> the everyone there that a hurricane was coming. Wow. Yeah. So that way they could start moving inland. That's really and, smart. Yeah. So I wonder, did they write down every time that happened? That, I wish though? they I wish they would have. That I'm, I'm sure they did. I wonder if they could measure the frequency and like the tone of the whistle to, mm -hmm. to see how high the wind was. True. Yeah. They could make some other ones that had different size holes and if they were whistling in harmony together, they could know maybe a little bit mm -hmm. more about the circulation and barometric pressure and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just spitballing here. Yeah. Uh, and they, if they created another rock structure, maybe they could see if the eye wall blinked. <laughs> no, <laughs> because that seems to be important. Yeah, you know, did they have anything to see if it went through a new eye wall structure uh, rebuild or whatever? <laughs> no, they were. I last I, you know, it was hard because I was drunk following <laughs> the tour guide around the Mayan ruins. But you know, he said something about the they're building some sort of like rock satellite structure. Yeah. That they could, you know, they could send up to space with their Mayan calendar yeah. um, prayers, and uh, but they weren't there yet before they got wiped out. Now, next to that, did you see whether or not there was a sundial that could tell them exactly how quickly the whistle increased in <laughs> volume? You know, were, were I, you able to see anything like that? I think they had an intensity, <laughs> okay. a rapid intensity measurement tool, uh, but I don't remember. All right, yeah. making sure. Just checking. Uh, this is Hurricane Strikes by Decade. I'll put a link to this by the in way, the show I'm notes. just like giving you an example that a civilization that lived in the 1500s, 1400s, they had equipment to know when hurricanes. That means hurricanes happened often enough to them. Yeah, often enough to their civilization that they built structures <clears throat> so they could know when they were coming. By the way, because it was devastating to them, obviously. It was devastating to them, or they wouldn't have built anything to warn them. They'd just been like, oh, man, what a crazy storm. <laughs> you guys feel that wind? Yeah. It's it felt really, awesome. It's been really hot recently. Really picking up. Okay. Where's the birds? They all left. So now we're talking about time right now. Charlie's talking about the Mayans. 
let me tell you, as we have told you several times before, why uh, it's so important to put all of this in perspective. And the biggest issue I have with anything that any of these people talk about, they can present me the world's most perfect data to show me that the intensity of hurricanes has been increasing rapidly since 1985. And it doesn't change anything about what I believe deep down inside. Why? Because that's like no time. No time. Okay. What was that? Like 37 years or something? I don't mm-hmm. know. That's nothing compared to how long the earth has been here. And I was thinking of ways to show this today or to at least see it. Like I said, you should watch the video later on when you have time. Here's the solar system. It's not to scale. By the way, earth is way smaller than those other planets to the right, except for Pluto. Pluto is not that big hmm. and it's not a planet. It's not a planet anymore. It's just a rock. <laughs> but if it were, here's a couple things for you. From Earth to Mars, it's 140 million miles right there. Now let's take the 4.6 billion years that Earth has existed, 4.6 billion years, and let's just call that 4.6 billion miles. All right, 4.6 billion years, we'll just call it 4.6 billion miles. Now Mars is 140 million miles away from Earth. It's pretty far away. It doesn't come anywhere close to that 4.6 billion miles, though. That's a lot. That we've got to travel. It's a lot bigger. You know, it does come to 4.6 billion, oddly enough, is Pluto. Pluto has been traveling uh, away from the Earth at roughly one mile per year (laughs) since Earth was created. No, I'm not just making that up. Pluto is 4.6 billion miles away from Earth. And we've got 4.6 billion years of existence for Earth. We're going to make those miles. That's the distance to Pluto. The amount of data that we have accurate on hurricanes, and I'm being generous because I'm saying 60 years. That's before we really got all the, the satellite technology going. I'm just being generous here. We're saying 60. The amount of data we have is 60 years. That's roughly the distance from where we are south of Nashville to uh, Dixon, which is on the other side of Nashville. Now, once again, 4.6 billion miles takes you out to Pluto, and each mile is going to be a year that Earth has existed. We got 60 years worth of data, which instead of Pluto, that gets us over the Dixon. And if you don't live in the area, that doesn't tell you a whole lot, but that's not that far away. Yeah. It's, telling, it's an hour. Telling me it'll take about an hour to get there right now. 68 miles. 68 miles. So actually, we're, we're being even more generous. That's yeah. if we had 68 years of data, and we don't. We've got like 45 years yeah. worth of pretty good data on this. So think about this. The also amount- imagine if you were going up into space though, like mm-hmm. 60, 60 miles up into space would get you on the like the outer cusp of going into space from mm-hmm. Earth. Like you would still be partially in Earth's gravity. You might you still wouldn't... beat Blue Origin. I don't know how high they've been going, but or, 60. or Virgin. They maybe. go like 60. 60. Virgin goes like 55. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You're literally on the not even really left the Earth's atmosphere yet. So think about, because I like putting it in terms of somewhere that, you know, it's just like right over here. When you think about the atmosphere, that's really far away. You know, that's way up there. I want you guys to think about a town around you that's about 60 miles away. All right. The difference of the amount of time that we have measured the Earth's climate data, hurricane data, is about the difference between your house and whatever town you just thought of and your house and Pluto. 
that's the difference that we have. Like an immeasurable now, amount could you, of time. Charlie, could we travel to Dixon and say, you know what? I know everything there is to know about the universe. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people around here do, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they never went anywhere other than Dixon or, or yeah. Smyrna, where we are right now. You might get dumber, but <laughs> actually. I'm not going to go to Dixon and tell you that I know everything there is to know. And you can't look back 60 years of the hurricane data and tell me that you know everything there is to know. It just ain't going to be possible. I mean, imagine, like, it could be real that, you know, a million years ago, there were a thousand hurricanes going simultaneously all over the oceans. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have no idea. We have no idea. Then it could have been Category 12. Or there could have been none. Or there could have been and none. And they just started 60 years ago. <laughs> or 150 years ago. Yeah. Which yeah. one do you think is more probable? <laughs> it's probably been going on for a long time. Yeah. And I bet when the earth was warmer, like we know it was millions of years ago, there were probably a lot more and they were a lot more intense. There's a hurricane on like Jupiter right now that's been going since we've been looking at Jupiter. And it's going to be going until we can't even look at Jupiter anymore because we're all dead. Is it's it, just going to go. Is there really a cyclone on Forever. Jupiter just going? I can't remember which planet it is. I just mm. made that up. Someone fact checked me on that. I don't know which one it is. And I haven't seen anything about uh, capitalism on Jupiter, but you guys let me know. Mm. All right, we're uh, approaching 2 p.m. It depends on whether or not you want to go into the final stage of Let's wrap the climate up, yeah. hysteria. You want to wrap up? No, we'll talk like about... final stage. Okay, final up, stage. Yeah. I'll play you a clip from Biden. Uh, people very concerned about price gouging in Florida right now. And Biden had some strong... Very strong, clear, and concise, and alert words to say to everyone that you could clearly understand how important this was to him. And if you forgive me, I want to add one more warning. That's warning to the oil and gas industry executives. Do not. Let me repeat. Do not. Do not use this as an excuse to raise gasoline prices or gouge the American people. This small temporary storm impact on oil production provides no excuse, no excuse for price increases at the pump, none. If gas companies try to use this storm to raise prices at the pump, I will ask officials to look into whether price gouging is going on. America is watching. The industry should do the right thing. That's not another thing about one other thing. So his companies use an excuse to raise prices at the pump? <laughs> I'm going to ask officials. He's not okay. We got a lot more stuff to talk about that uh, on that on that fact tomorrow, but he's not I okay. I hate this whole price gouging thing. I know. Oh, God. It's very annoying. It's so annoying. Now, he says that there are no excuses to raise prices at the pump. All right? I, I beg to differ a little bit. I like to think that um, if you're delivering gas to a gas station, they don't just... I don't know if you know this, but like the um, Exxon doesn't have a pipeline to the bottom of the gas station <laughs> that you're going to. They got to bring it over there to the gas station. Mm. And when something like this happens, they run out. Who knows how long they're going to be out after that? Could be a long time. And so people end up going, they, they do these runs on the gas stations and they fill up way more than they need to. I think a scene like this from Florida could, in fact, tell you that it could be harder to get gas to a gas station. <laughs> It'd be harder you know, to drive a truck through that. That's I, more difficult, I, I would say. All right, well, I get it. The gas station's closed. All right, they're underwater. 
say like a situation like this makes it more dangerous to drive the fuel to a gas station. And it could, in fact, take more time. Now, Charlie, do you believe that truck drivers should be paid for their time? Not in an emergency. Not in the, no. They should do it out of the goodness of their hearts. Yes, exactly. They should go in the harm's way. Mm. So not the, oil, the oil and gas companies should lose money during these times. Well, it doesn't have to be about the oil and gas company. I'm just talking about a truck driver drives into a hurricane to deliver fuel. Do you think he should get any kind of higher pay because of the danger? You think he's going to rack up any extra time because it took longer to weave around all the houses in the road? <laughs> yeah, it's going to take more time. Yeah. So there's more time associated with the delivery of the fuel. Now, he said there's no excuse for prices to go up at the pump. What if the delivery of the fuel is double what the past delivery of the fuel was? There's one excuse. Who's right going to have to eat that cost? Yeah. This is like, this is simple supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Like economics, neg like one. <laughs> Not even 101. No. This is econ one. You learn this in kindergarten. You learn this after they say the word economics. Yes. Supply and demand. When there's a limited supply, for whatever reason, like maybe a hurricane is going to limit supply, but the demand stays the same or increases, what has to happen? The prices go up. The price has to go up. It's not gouging. Now, are there people that might take advantage of a situation like this? Potentially. Sure. Somebody could be out there being like, um, yeah, I'm going to, you know, take advantage of this opportunity and, and, uh, I could, I could maybe afford to only raise it a dollar, but I'm going to raise it 10 because people will probably pay for it. Well, let's say you're running a gas station and everyone else is evacuating because they're scared of the storm. Do you deserve, we'll talk in emotion speak for the lefties. Do you deserve to get paid more because you decided to stay there and allow people to put fuel in their cars? They're evacuating. Well, their company should offer hazard pay. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a cost going up because of what's going on. Right. And then, the, like you said, the basic supply and demand that's happening. And people don't like it. Now, what happens when there's too much supply and the demand is the same or it goes down? The prices go down. Everyone loves that. Totes fine with that. <laughs> We're all fine with the price price of gas. Yeah. Uh, I was going by, it was 289 when I went by the other day. That's based. I didn't get pissed or tweet about it or anything. I didn't go in and apologize for price gouging them or anything like that. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Showing them who's boss right now. Of course, it's supply and demand. That's how it works. And you also have the people that end up, they they go and they buy up all the all the fuel from the gas station. I had a picture of that going on in Florida, but I didn't put it in the, uh, in the PowerPoint. So people get too much fuel. They get more than what they're actually going to need. They go there, they fill up gas cans, all that. Now you could set limits, I guess, but you don't have any idea how much someone truly needs to use. How do you, when you set a limit, know how much someone truly needs to use? You don't. They decide how much they truly need to use because the price has doubled. And so they're only going to buy what they truly need to use. That's how that is decided in the free market. That is how you stop the supplies from running out. You raise the price. People only get what they need. You don't have to limit it because what if someone needs to drive uh, way further than everyone else? What if they want to run a generator? What if they want to mow their yard while all this stuff is going on? Who knows? <laughs> you know, crazy, crazy Florida people. What if they need people? to run a water pump? You know, pump the water out of their house. Yeah. 
price yep. gouging is a very annoying conversation that's just supply and demand that people don't like. Right. And and everyone tries to think that you're like you don't have a heart. But mm-hmm. it's like, of course I want people to have cheap gas, you know? But are you gonna take it down to them? Are you gonna fill up cheap gas and then take it on down to them and charge them the same price that you paid for it, even though it cost you money to drive down there? Maybe you had to get a hotel even. Are you gonna factor in your hotel costs and your your gas cost of getting down there and the mileage on your truck? Or anything like that, if you're going to go deliver cost-effective fuel to them? Are you going to get through the hurricane to get them the fuel? Like, if Probably you're, not. They're just going to tweet about it. If this is so noble, why don't you do it? Mm-mm. Not it's, unless you pay me more. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. And then you get called a bad person. It's like, there's no like logical thought to this whatsoever. It's just, well, this is an emergency and you shouldn't raise prices. It's all based on feelings. Well, mm, it's the morality police. Isn't that just wonderful? You know? It, yeah. Why don't we just go get money from the money tree? Let's, that's what we, well, good luck doing that and that kind of mess right there. Money trees are blowing all over the place. Planted enough money trees. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah plant more money trees. All right, go, let's go home. Go get some fairy dust, you know, lose some teeth and ask the tooth fairy for normal gas prices. <laughs> that would be the same thing. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, or a foe, and also actually do it with all of them. Mm-hmm. Share it. That's the cheapest and easiest way to support us. doesn't require anything from you except for just a few little thumb taps, or maybe you text with your fingers. Who knows how you do it? But just like click share and then send it to someone. That would be awesome. If you can support us financially, we are not price gouging over here at Good Morning Liberty. We our cost just went up with inflation. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's only six bucks a month. Join gmail.com. Get some t-shirts. Now I have to say, we did raise our prices by 20% and inflation, the highest peak was 9.1%. And so we are part of the problem. Mm. So well, we do not apologize for that because the prices were too low to begin with. We know that 9.6% wasn't the real number. That's true. We, we, we raised it with a real one. With yeah. the real number. You're right. Over time, because, I mean, it's been five bucks for a long time. True. We should have been raising at least 2 to 4% every year. Plus all the money we lost during COVID. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. So go to GodHatesFeds.com. <laughs> GodHatesFeds.com. Pick yourself up some merch. Um, unless you live in Florida, I guess. They're not delivering there for a while. <laughs> so... That's um, not funny. I hope everyone's okay. We do. Yes, we do hope everyone is okay. It is natural disasters are terrible mm-hmm. and I don't like them. And, and when a tornado hit here a couple of years ago in 2020, that was terrible. Is this even a natural disaster anymore? I mean, this seems like a man-made disaster. Mm. You know, can we call them natural disasters? It might be Dick Cheney's fault. Uh, no, Hall- Halliburton was working on no, their Honestly, hur- I'm okay blaming it on Dick Cheney. They're working on their hurricane machine mm-hmm. and they seem to have perfected it. Okay. So... Anyway, um, maybe you should create some hurricane shirts. I yeah. don't know. If God you survive Feds. Putin's hurricane, then go to GodHatesFeds.com yeah. and get you a shirt. Uh, and then also go to Nate'sCrashCourse.com to learn about the market. Just had a new sign-up yesterday. Thanks. Yeah, so if you all do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the mother trucking week. Until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.